Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Isaiah chapter 43, are you there? And out of this uh, passage, I want to share with you what is our Vision Sunday message today. And uh, the title is kind of what I'm going to believe God for the rest of this year. And I'm believing God for it for your life and for my life and for our house and for our community and for our church. I'm going to try to preach quick because we got a lot of things to catch you guys up on uh, before the end. Do not miss this Wednesday. There's some things that I'm going to mention toward the end of service that I can't give a lot of heart and soul into it because Sundays are so constrained in time. Uh, But come Wednesday, heart and soul, we only do them about two, three times a year. It's going to be a party in here Wednesday. It's going to be awesome. We're going to celebrate a lot of the awesome things that God did in 2016. And we're going to talk about a lot of goals in 2017. So you need to be here. Anybody going to be here Wednesday? Come on, raise your hands. Come on, need the whole church here. We'll do overflow, sit on the floor, do whatever. But I need the whole church here on Wednesday. It's going to be fun. Isaiah chapter 43, beginning in verse 15. uh, We're going to put it up on the screen as well. Out of the NLT version, it says, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. How many know he's creator and king? I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all of his chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their life snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I am about to do something new. Somebody say new. I'm about to do something new. See, I have, uh, I have already begun. Do you not see it? Do you not see it? Do you not perceive it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry wastelands. Come on, how good is that passage? God is a God that is always doing something new. Does anybody believe that here this morning? Out of this passage, I want to share a message with you that's on my heart. I want you to write this down. I've titled it, I Can See It. I Can See It. I pray you leave out of here with an I can see his spirit over your life. I pray you leave out of here saying I can see it. I believe it for my life, for my church, for my city. I can see it. Come on, tell a couple neighbors around you. I can see it. Come on, 11 a.m. You're the strongest service. I need some participation. Tell some neighbors I can see it. We participate on Sundays. I can see it. I can see it. I'm believing God. I'm going to try to talk about this uh, for the next 15, 20 minutes. And then i got a video I want to show you. And then we're going to talk about some stuff going forward 2017 and 2018. Let's close our eyes, bow our head, and ask God to bless this time. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this time. We thank you for uh, this day. God, Vision Sunday as we gather as a community, as a church, to talk about everything that you want to do in and through us, God. To talk about our house, our community, our church, our city, God, and our lives. And everything that we believe that you want to do in and through our lives. God, we thank you. Pray that you would bless this time. I pray that you would open up our eyes to see everything that you want to do through our lives here in the city, God, for such a time as this. God, we thank you for the city of Miami. God, we believe it's the best city in the world. We love our city. Bless our city today in Jesus' name, God. We thank you for the city of Miami, and we believe that revival is happening in Miami, Florida, right here, right now. We get to be a part of it. We believe it, and all God's people say, Oh, come on. In Jesus' name, all God's people say. Amen. 
11 a.m. Come on, can you give God a big, big shout of praise? Come on, you're a little too quiet. Can you give God a big shout of praise? Come on. I, I believe the year was 1993. In 1993, I was in the fourth grade in uh, Twin Lakes Elementary in Hialeah, Florida. Anybody from Hialeah? You know that's from Hialeah right there. I was born and raised in Hialeah. I love Hialeah. And I, in the fourth grade, 1993, I remember being in class, and it was Miss Sarah's class. It was Miss Sarah's class. Never forget Miss Sarah. She was awesome. Everybody loved Miss Sarah. She actually cared about the students. It was amazing. And uh, I remember being in Miss Sarah's class, and as she was writing on the chalkboard, I remember there came a point where I started to squint my eyes and try to look at the chalkboard, and all of a sudden it became blurry, and I could not see what she was writing. I was only maybe about seven, eight years old, and, and I couldn't see what she she was writing and I was having a hard time seeing and I couldn't understand what was happening. I remember later on, maybe later on that month or, or sometime after, I remember being in church. I grew up in church my whole life. I've been in church since as long as I could remember. My parents were youth pastors and involved in church and so I grew up in church my entire life and one night I'm sitting in church and they were showing something on the screen at church much like this. They had a screen and uh, I think they were showing us, uh, you know, a movie about the rapture and trying to scare all the young kids that Jesus was coming. We're going to stay behind and I remember trying to squint my eyes and I, I couldn't see the screen. I was like, what is happening? My eyesight is failing me. I, I can't see the screen. And finally, I remember I, t I told my parents, my parents who are here, by the way, I love them. But I told my parents, I'm, like, I'm going blind. I mean, I need some help. Can you help me? They took me to a doctor and the doctor checked out my eyes and said, yes, you, you, your, your, your eyesight is pretty bad. Like uh, it runs in my family. I don't know if we're praying, but it, it's pretty bad. And so at fourth grade, I had to wear some glasses. Now, now. When I say my eyesight is bad, it is bad. It's not just regular glasses, if you guys know what I'm talking about. In fourth grade, they gave me these glasses, huge glasses. I mean, the lenses were thick. I mean, it looked like bulletproof lenses. You know what I'm talking about? We call them Coke bottle glasses. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That was me in fourth grade, and I still look cool. Okay, don't judge me. But, but I had those glasses on. And I couldn't see anything. And finally, with the glasses, I was able to see. And all these years later, my eyesight actually started deteriorating a little bit more. And to this day, I wear contact lenses every day. Anybody in here, you wear contact lenses? You know the struggle. The struggle is real. And hopefully one day I'll get LASIK when I can afford it. But, but, but it's, I need contact lenses every day. And I feel sometimes like if I take off my contact lenses, I feel like I'm taking off my eyes. I, I really can't see. And so it's always been a struggle for me. But you know, church, what I, what I came to find out was uh, worse than having poor vision is, is having eyesight, but with no vision. Or worse than having poor eyesight is actually being able to see, but not being able to see beyond what's in front of you and having no vision for your life. Vision, I would say, is more important than eyesight. There's people with no vision, that I, with no eyesight, that actually have a vision for their life. I would say today, this morning, we need to get together and understand that we all need vision for our life. How many of you know Helen Keller? She was blind. She was super famous. She said this about eyesight and about vision. She said, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight with no vision. The only thing worse than being blind is actually having sight but not having vision. Vision is important. Vision is extremely important. So it goes at least to the question, what is vision? Well, Alex, what is vision? We're talking about vision. What is vision? There's different meanings for the word vision. I found a few and I came up with one. I think vision is being able to see something in its natural state, but also being able to see beyond it at what it actually could be. 
Can you see something beyond what your eyes see? Do you have vision for whatever it is in front of you? In other words, a vision has really not much to do with your eyes. It has to do with our heart. How do we see something? It has to do with my heart and your heart. How, how do we view the thing that's in front of us? And, and vision is important. And I love vision. You know why I love vision? Because God is the giver of vision. God, how many know that God is a, a, the, the one that dispenses vision? The Bible shows all throughout scripture that God is the one who gives vision to people. He gives, God is a dream giver. And let me tell you something. If you have no dream in here today, God wants to give you a dream for your life, a vision for your life, goals for your life, somewhere he wants to take you, somewhere where he wants your life to be. God is a dream giver. He wants to give you vision for your life. That's why I love it. Vision Sunday, it's not merely just about the vision of the church. It's really about your personal vision. You need a personal vision for your life. In other words, how, how do you view your life? How do you view your marriage? How do you view your kids? How do you view your wife? Like, oh my God, I can't stand her. Alex, pray for me. Or do you say, you know what? I got the best wife in the world. And I believe she's going to be the best wife 10 years from now. I love my wife. I believe in my wife. Oh, come on, husbands. Now you can get some brownie points right now. Come on. I believe my wife is the best. My wife is the most incredible woman on the planet. <laughs> What's your personal vision for your life? You need personal vision. But we also need corporate vision as a church. We need to understand that we need vision. Why is vision so important? Look what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. King James Version says, where there is no vision, the people what? Where there is no vision, in other words, people die. Oh, wait. Well, that's kind of... That's kind of drastic. Alex, why does the Bible say that? Because vision is that important. If you have no vision that God wants a relationship with your soul, with your spirit, your soul will wither and die. You need to have a vision that God wants a relationship with me. God, what? God desired. He sent his son to die for me. When you get that vision, your life now has a way to move forward. Look, look how it says it in the ESV. It says it like this. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Where there is no vision for your life, people will cast off restraint. What does that mean? That if you don't have a vision of where you want to go, if you don't have a vision of what you want your life to look like, you are going to live and spend your life however you want. There, there is no course that you need to take. There is no boundaries. There is no restraints. You're going to do whatever. You're going to spend your money however. You're going to sleep around with whoever. You're going to do whatever. You don't care about your body because there is no vision. But when you have vision, you have identity. You have discipline. You have goals. You have a place where you want to go. We all need vision. Somebody shout vision. You need a vision for your life. I wish more young people on Friday nights, that's what we try to do, is give our young people vision so they say, wait a minute, I'm not going to do whatever comes in front of me. I got a vision that I want to be a man and a woman of God. I'm going to keep myself unto God, and I'm going to follow him all the days of my life because I got a vision of who I want to be. Do you got a vision for your family? Do you got a vision for the people? Around? We got a vision for a church. We're not just a church that's taking up space. We're not just a church that says, hey, let's meet in Kendall and in Winwood just to do whatever. No, we got a vision. We know that God wants to use us for such a time as this. We're here with a purpose. We're here with a direction. We're here with a goal. Come on. Does anybody know we got a vision ahead of us? Oh, come on. I wish somebody at the 11 a.m. really had some coffee or something. Does anybody know God wants to use us for such a time as this? We need to have vision for our lives. So vision is extremely important. Do we have vision for our lives? I wonder if we have vision. I wonder if we have vision. P.K. Bernard said that the man without vision is a man without a future. And a man without a future is a man that always goes back to his past. Whoa. We have no vision. We're always going to go back because we have no idea where we're going. 
So might as well just do what I'm always used to. I believe that Calvary's not full of people without vision. Calvary's full of people with vision. That say, wait a minute, I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. I ain't going back. God saved me. He rescued me. He picked me up. He forgave me. His grace got me. Put me up on my feet. I know where I'm going. How many know we're always advancing? Because the church can't stop. Won't stop. Can't stop. We got a vision ahead of us. As a church, we got a vision. There is no going backwards. We got a forward march. The kingdom of God is always moving in advance. I want you to know you're part of a community and part of a church that is not dead. That we're not saying, oh, well, another person has to do it. No, if not us, then who? If not now, then when? The time is now. We got to move forward. At Calvary, we're more than just people that, that come and spectators. We are participators in what God wants to do. God has called us for such a time as this. The book of Isaiah, what we just read, Isaiah is a powerful prophet that God used to speak to his people. And the book of Isaiah is full of prophecies, which, which I, by the way, just leads to the point that anytime God wants to do something on earth, he usually always uses a man or a woman. I don't think you heard me. Anytime God wants to do something, he usually uses a man or a woman. In other words, if God wants to do something in Miami, the dirty south, the 305, deep down the bottom, he's looking for a man or a woman to say, God, send me. Here I am. I want to be your servant. I want to be your messenger. I want to be used by God. Is there anybody that wants to be used by God? Come on. Into some Church. I'm, we're talking about vision today. I pray you realize we're not a dead church that is on park. We're not on neutral. We're on drive with our pedal to the metal. We're going forward, advancing the kingdom of God. God always uses people, and he's looking for people to use, and he, he finds Isaiah. I wonder if God is looking around this morning as somebody to use in this auditorium. Say, who's going to be the next person that I'm going to use in the city of Miami? Who's going to be the next person to open up Calvary Homestead, to open up Calvary Hialeah, to open up Calvary Doral, to open up Calvary Miami Lakes, to open up Calvary North Miami, to open up Calvary University Park? Come on, is there anybody that says, God, here I am, send me. God is looking. The Bible says he looks through and fro throughout the earth. He's looking. He found Isaiah and he says, Isaiah, I want you to say this to my people. Understand the people of God, they were in captivity. They were actually in bondage. They were away from their homeland and they thought they had no future and here comes God speaking through Isaiah and he says I want you to tell my people that I'm about to do something brand new somebody say brand new he said I know you keep looking at the past but don't forget this and essentially he says four things he says don't forget who I am don't forget what I've done then forget that and remember that I'm about to do something brand new and I'm about to do some miracles in your life God is a God that is always up to something new that's why we have no time to sit back and act all cute. The times are almost, we're living in the last days. People are dying left and right in our city. People are desperate. Come on, some of us, we got co-workers that we know are in deep trouble. Some of us got family members that we know are looking for some type of answer all over this city. The time is now. If not us, then who? If not now, then when? God is looking for people and he's giving them a vision. And he says, hey, I'm about to do something new. What happens when God gives you a vision? You say, oh, wait a minute, I can see it. I can see it. Oh, wait, 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 I'm not going to be that husband that cheats on his wife because I can see it. I'm going to have a prosperous marriage. I'm going to go th 40, 50 years. I'm going to go the long haul. I can see it. Come on. Can anybody see your husband and your wife coming in here, lifting up their hands, surrendering their life to Jesus? I can see it in Jesus' name. 
Somebody in here, you need to begin to see what God wants to do in your life. You need to begin to see that God can actually use you, that God wants to do something powerful in your life. Not me. I stutter. I don't have no gifts. I don't have no talents. Begin to say, wait a minute, I can see it. God is looking. I can see it. Is there anybody in here that says, I can see it? I can see it. I can see it. I can see 10 campuses. I can see a bunch of campus pastors. I can see our city being reached for Jesus. I can see it. I can see it. I wish I had some people with faith. Come on. Shout, I can see it. Pray this here. Whatever God puts on your heart, you say, wait a minute, I got vision. I can see it. What is it that God wants to see? Maybe God wants to use you for a mission trip. You say, I can see it. Maybe God's going to use you to open up an orphanage. I can see it. Maybe you're going to be one of those campus pastors. I can see it. This year, I want to see what God puts on my heart. You got to see it. So what happens if we're a church with vision, if we're people with vision, how do we live? If you're new to Calvary, maybe you just started coming. I'm going to give you three things that we need. We're a church with vision. Alex, what, what is this church about? How, how do we operate? I'm going to tell you real quick. I want you to write this down. We got a video that I want to talk to you really quick about some announcements. But if you want to be a man and a woman of vision, number one, we live with big faith. Yeah. Somebody say big faith. big faith. We live with big faith. What does that mean? How many times do we question or think, can God do this? We have big faith. Can I tell you, church, we have big faith because we have a big God. We don't have a small God. We don't have a God that's off to the side that said maybe he has a little bit of power left to do something with my life. Maybe he has a little bit of energy. I know he's been answering a lot of emails around the world. I mean, I saw it in the movie, Bruce Almighty. Maybe he has some time to answer mine. Can I tell you, we have a big, powerful God, an awesome, mighty God that can answer your needs, that can use you. His hand wants to come upon you. Come on, somebody shout. I can see it. Where's your faith? How is our faith? Come on, let's look internally and say, how, how are my faith levels right now? Do we really believe that God can and that God will use us? How, do you have faith? Do I have big faith, small faith? Where, where's my faith? If we're going to be people with vision, we need people with big faith. I want you to know the people of Calvary, all of us in here, this community, this family, we're people with big faith. We're believing God for big things. Oh, we're believing God's going to give us an auditorium with 1,600 people. We're believing that God's going to give us multiple campuses around this city. We're believing that God's going to give us a house where we can help and all the survivors of human trafficking and we can keep them there. Oh, come on. Anybody with big faith that says, I'm believing a big God. I pray you leave out of here with big faith. Ah, uh, we're on the verge of divorce. Have some faith that God will say the divorce is not coming. Your marriage will be repaired. Your marriage will be restored. Get some faith inside of your soul. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 1, says this. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I have an assurance and I have a conviction. Uh, right now I'm going through some tough times in my marriage, but I have an assurance and I have a conviction. I got big faith on the inside. Come on, let's be people that live with big faith. What is Calvary about? We're people with big faith. We're people who believe a big God. I know it's a big city. We're close now to almost 3 million people in Miami-Dade County. What are we going to do? It's a small church. I mean, what, 2,000 people compared to 2.5? Oh, no, but I got big faith that we're going to have multiple campuses, multiple pastors, multiple leaders. Come on, is anybody at 11 a.m. really believing that God is going to use us for such a time? I can see it. I can see it. You have big faith. I want you to leave out of here today, church, with big faith for your life. Yeah. I want you to leave out of here with big faith on the inside to say, wait a minute, God can do something with my marriage. God can do something with my son, with my daughter. God can do something with my wife or with my husband. 
This past week, we were able to spend some time with Pastor Brian Houston and Hillsong family pastors. And I was able to talk to one family. And uh, this couple is incredible. They're awesome. They got a huge church in Phoenix. They got divorced 25 years ago. And they were divorced for a year. After a year, God restored their marriage. And now they're leading a church 30 years later. One of the biggest churches in Phoenix. Come on, does anybody got faith that even when it looks like things are over, God can restore? Come on, we're going to be people of big faith, believe in big things. Come on, does anybody believe that the best is yet to come? That God does want to use our church? That God does want to use our lives? Come on, big faith. When you have big faith, you realize that setbacks are really just setups for God. Ah, Alex, but I've been through a disappointment in my life. You have no idea what I've been through. You have no idea what I've faced. When you have big faith, you realize, God, you're in control. Come on, how, how many, some of us, we, 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 we question God and we've doubted God. Like, God, why, why, why'd you allow this to happen? God, why, why, why am I in this situation? Maybe you're in here today and you're in the middle of a situation that you can't understand. And you're questioning, you're asking. Can I tell you that... When you live with big faith, you say, I don't know why I'm going through this, but I trust in a God who's so big. I trust in a God who is so powerful that he works out all things for the good of those who love him. Anybody ready to live with big faith? I want you to know, Calvary, we're going to live with big faith. 2017, we're going to live with big faith. Alex, but you're believing in some big things because I have a big God. Alex, are you serious? Ten campuses all over the city. Does anybody believe that we serve a big God? That God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask, think, or imagine. We have big faith, and number two, we need big expectations. What does that mean? That if God is big and we have faith in God, then have expectations that God can't do big miracles in your life. Need some big expectations on the inside. God says, I am the Lord God, Lord and Creator, King. He says, remember everything I did and, and watch out because I'm about to do something brand new. Oh, you need to have some expectation in your life. We live with big expectations because we serve a God that does big miracles. Oh, come on. We, we serve a God that does the impossible. Have a, man, have a young guy that comes here to this church and when doctors told him it was cancer, brain cancer, terminal, terminal, we say all we can do is lay hands and pray and we're just going to live with big faith and big expectations. Six months became eight months. Eight months became a year. Now, almost two years later, he's absolutely cancer-free and giving God all the glory. Come on, does anybody live with big expectation that God can do it? Big expectation on the inside to say, you know what? I believe God can. He will do a miracle. He split the Red Sea so over two million people would cross over into the promised land. After he did that, Moses passes away years later. They're in the desert because they were actually hard-headed and didn't believe God. And they get to the Jordan River. Now Joshua leading them. And after they had seen the Red Sea split open and heard about it from their parents, here they are doubting if God can do it again. You know what I love? That we serve a God who always does it again. Oh, I don't think you heard me, 11 a.m. We serve a God that always does it again. Oh, come on. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. If he split the Red Sea, surely he can open up the Jordan. If he opened up the Jordan, surely he can open up my life. Come on. I got big expectation on the inside that my God is able, he's willing, and he will do it. Come on. Somebody shout, do it again, God. Do it again. If manna came down from heaven and he fed people, surely he'll do it again and he'll feed you because he'll supply you according to the riches and glory. Oh, come on. He'll do it again. That's 
He'll do it again. We serve a God whose miracle working power does not run out. He's not in heaven like, my batteries are low. Oh my God, somebody got a charger. I got, I got no miracle working power. You know, I got the little lightning bolt. I need help. He's in heaven full of power, unlimited. He has all the resources he can provide for you and for me. He can do it again. In the year 2000, this church was started in a home with about approximately 12 people. And we thank God for his founders, praying for his founders. Always thank God and honor them all the rest of our lives for the hard blood work and tears that they sowed into this ministry. They're awesome and we love them. And God decided to breathe upon that. And 16 years later, 12 people, we got now approximately 2,000 people here on Sundays. And I started thinking about that and I started thinking about God's faithfulness. God, you're faithful. But then as I was thinking about God's faithfulness, I said, wait a minute. If he did it once, oh, surely he can do it again. Oh, I'm not just seeing 2,000. Somebody shout, I can see it. I know we're about to get to 4,000 people on a weekend, then 8,000 people on a weekend, then 10,000 people on a weekend. Alex, you're crazy, but I got a big God, so I got big faith. We got a big city that's in need. Somebody shout, I can see it. Come on, why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Oh, your vision is too big. Okay, I got a big God. <laughs> he wants to use you and me. If he can grab a little Hispanic boy from Hialeah with poor eyesight, come on, surely he can use all of us. <laughs> I have faith that God wants to do it again. Sometimes it's not just God, you do it again. Sometimes God is looking at us like you do it again. Well, what do you mean? God says, I'm willing and able to do it again, but are you willing and able to believe again? Whoa. God, God, how many times have we prayed for something? And when it becomes too hard, when it becomes too difficult, we say, God, I'm not praying anymore for this. Pray one more time. What about if you're right on the edge of breakthrough? What about if you're right on the edge of breakthrough? There's a story in 1 Kings, and I'm already going over time. Jesus, help me. 1 Kings. Elijah the prophet, there's been a drought, and God tells him it's going to rain. And he says, okay. He grabs his assistant, goes up on the mountain, he begins to pray for rain. And he tells his assistant, go outside and see if there's any rain. His assistant goes outside and says, not one drop. It's been three years. I don't think it's going to rain. Goes back inside. Nope. Go outside. Believe again. I'm praying. I'm believing again. Go outside. Goes outside. Nothing. Comes back and says nothing. The Bible says he sends him seven times. How many times do we stop on six? I think God is calling a church called Calvary not to stop on six. Oh, come on. They were going around the city of Miami. We say one more time. We're going to go around believing. We're going to pray. We're not going to stop. Do it again. We're going to pray again. Believe again. God can breathe. God can do. God can lift. God is able to do more than we can imagine. Big expectations. I'm new to this church. What are you guys about? We live with big faith and big expectations. I've seen God do miracles. Last but not least, big vision. What are you guys about? We have big vision. Yeah, we got close to almost 2,000 people here. That's great. But compared to 3 million people in the city, that's really nothing. We need a big vision. Do you have a big vision for your life? I hope you can see it. What God wants to do with your marriage. What God wants to do with you as a husband, as a mother. As a wife, as a father. Have big vision. What does God want to do with your life? 
I believe that every time we come into a relationship with God, all of us who first start coming into a relationship with God, once you come into a relationship with God, you can always say the best is yet to come. Well, how, Alex? Because some days are tough. And what about if tragedy happens in life? What do you mean the best is yet to come? Well, the Bible says that to live is Christ and to die is gain. So as a believer, the best is always yet to come. I have a big vision because we serve a God with a bright, big, glorious future. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. Oh my God, it's going to be glorious. God sees the church and it's a glorious vision for the church. It is his church going around the globe. I mean, what God can do is amazing. And I want you to know we're going to be a church that always risk our lives. Pastor named Craig Rochelle in Oklahoma started with about 20 people in a garage. And he said, we're just going to risk it. Anytime God opens up an opportunity, we're going to risk it. Today is the biggest and largest church in America with over 100,000 people on the weekends. If God can do it there, he can do it again. Have vision. Have vision. What does God want to do with your life? We're going to risk it all. We're going to do whatever God calls us to do. Because the Bible says in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, however it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no human mind has conceived the things that God has prepared for those who love him. I pray you have big vision for what God wants to do in your life and in this house. This is how we're going to live with big faith, big expectations, big vision. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel or visit us at calvaryconnect.com for more information. Till next time.